Game Day is underway. This is the Wingstop Kickoff Show, presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. All right, here we go. Hayes Carline, Ryan the Hacker, Green, Casey Dobson with you. Can you feel it? Can you feel it, Hacker? It's almost Christmas time. We've got, forget meaningful, let's go win a division. I mean, we've got the Jaguars playing in a primetime game. Do I have to come over this table and kind of shake some excitement into you? No, 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 okay, no, good. no. I'm letting you do your opening spiel, man. I'm ready to go. It's uh, it's the biggest December game the Jaguars have had clearly in five years and maybe even longer than that. I mean, it's it's gargantuan. I mean, it really is. You have a chance to not only get a huge win and and really put a ton of pressure on Tennessee, who now is down their starting quarterback, at least for this week and maybe for the year, uh, and we'll get more into that. But you have a chance to do it on a in national audience in prime time. I mean, it's everything this franchise has wanted and this fan base has dreamed about, and here it is. Well, the amazing thing, hey, six weeks ago you looked at this game and you're like, ugh, yeah. the Jaguars and the Jets. And the Jets were holding up their end of the bargain. Right. The Jaguars were, were three and seven and not going anywhere. And then whatever happened on that bye week, and you've come out of that bye week with wins over Baltimore, Tennessee, and Dallas, and now all of a sudden, without Michaels, Kirk Herbstreit on the call, this is a huge game. Everybody's going to be watching this game tonight. It's the number one pick in the draft, Trevor Lawrence, 2021, against the number two pick in the draft, Zach Wilson. Back in 2021, uh, the Jets have to win. The Jaguars probably have to win. I mean... As great as last week was, and it's going to go down as one of the biggest regular season wins in quite some time, if Jacksonville loses tonight and Tennessee wins on Saturday, it's almost curtains at yeah. that point. So it is an enormous game tonight. And, Hayes, my question all week has been, you come off of Mount Everest. You come off of the euphoria that wasn't even 96 hours ago yet, and now you got to play a game what's going to be in a monsoon tonight in 45-degree temperatures in New York or in – East Rutherford, New Jersey, how's this team going to respond to that? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they do respond to it because a lot of challenges tonight mentally and physically for the Jaguars as they face a Jets team that is reeling. They've lost three they uh, three in a row. They've lost five of seven, and uh, they are starting a quarterback that, frankly, they don't have any belief in. How do I know that? Because Robert Sala is basically giving us his peewee stats yeah. to reaffirm yeah. how great this guy is. Uh, by the way, the Jaguars just made two roster moves. Uh, they have elevated offensive lineman Coy Cronk and defensive lineman Jeremiah Ledbetter to the active roster from the practice squad for tonight's game uh, via standard elevation the team just announced. So a uh, little bit of depth there, I would assume, um, in light of uh, Cam Robinson's injury and not having Fadakasi tonight. Those two players already ruled out. We'll get to the fair and fair injury report in the next segment. Uh, because there's certainly a lot to get into there. But uh, but the Jaguars have just made uh, uh, two moves in terms of elevating Kronk and Ledbetter uh, to f help fortify the trenches. But, uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, there's, again, there's so many things that they can check that they haven't done in a while. Win a bad weather game, because it's going to be miserable tonight. We'll talk to uh, Frank Frangi coming up. We'll talk to Mia O'Brien. They're both live uh, up there. Uh, it met life, and so that'll be a lot of fun to get their sense of, of how nasty it's going to be. I, I can't imagine it would be nastier than Philadelphia because that was four hours of rain sideways, uh, but it wasn't cold. Tonight's going to be cold. We'll see about the wind. 
Uh, but you know, you can certainly, if you're Trevor, you're Christian Kirk, you're ETN, young players that didn't perform well in Philadelphia, you can check that box tonight of, yes, we can play well, we can execute at a high level against a great defense in bad conditions. And again, it, it feels like it's, it's, it's been a while since the Jaguars won a game when they had the nation's attention. Well, and the good thing about if the conditions are bad, you look at the New York offense, so they're not very good to begin with. Their offensive line is as beat up as the Jaguars' offensive line, and they got running back issues as well. Their running game has been um, severely injured to the point where they might have to put James Robinson in tonight, and they really don't want to do that. I was talking to a couple of guys in New York, and the James Robinson thing just has not worked out there. He doesn't appear to be happy. They don't appear to be happy with what they got in that trade. So James Robinson, hopefully he doesn't have a coming out party for the Jets tonight if he is indeed made active. But I know their starting running back, uh, Knight, has uh, got some an injured ankle. So we'll see what happens there. The thing is, Hayes, um, last week when they're down 27 to 10, I thought it was over. I was like everybody. I thought the game was over. I did too. But then I realized during the week as I was reading the 300 responses I got on Twitter of people calling me every name under the sun. (laughs) Keep in mind, five hours after I sent out the initial uh, tweet. It's funny how people respond once uh, it, it goes to their favor. The Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence now. You know, when you win only one out of 113 opportunities from 1995 to 2021 down 17 points or more, well, you didn't have Trevor Lawrence for 99% of that. You got Trevor Lawrence now. So we're checking off all these boxes, winning in Nashville, coming from 17 points back. Now go on the road in a primetime atmosphere, something Jacksonville has not done very much of, and win a game. And it would be another box checked off. Trevor's playing like a top five quarterback. And the irony that Frank Gore day was December 20th. And now you're playing the Jets two years ago. On December 20th is when the Jets beat the Rams to allow the Jaguars to draft Trevor Lawrence. And maybe the NFL's got an interesting sense of humor as the Jets and the Jaguars play almost on that anniversary tonight with Trevor Lawrence taking on Zach Wilson. And and Trevor Lawrence over the last five, six weeks has become that elite franchise quarterback that you you dreamt about. Uh, and, And it was rough early on, but he has been just unbelievable over these last five or six weeks. What he's been able to do uh, gutting through this toe injury has been remarkable. And, you know, you can certainly make the case that there aren't more than just a couple of quarterbacks in this league that you would trade uh, Trevor Lawrence for if you're looking at the next 10 years, maybe 15 years. And uh, the Jets are dealing with the total opposite, to your point. I mean, Zach Wilson is has been a nightmare. Uh, he's athletic. He, he certainly can make a wow throw. But the processing, uh, the accuracy, it's just dreadful. And it's obvious that he mentally wasn't ready for this league because it was pretty clear his teammates can't stand him. I mean, they were so ready to go to Mike White, and they responded so well to Mike White, who's just an average player. I mean, let's not try to sell this as they've found the next Tony Romo, you know, out of, you know, the, 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 you know, out of the scrap heap. I mean, Mike White is probably going to be a backup in this league for a while, but that's that's it, nothing more. They couldn't wait to go to him, and now obviously he's hurt. They are forced to go back to Zach Wilson, and if you're the Jaguars, you've got to win the turnover battle tonight. There is no reason that what happened in Philadelphia should happen tonight at MetLife. You know, you, I, I'm fine with the Jaguars having one, 
you know, something like that. But you have to think with Zach Wilson at quarterback for the Jets, you're going to have the opportunity to get three tonight. Uh, and if, if the Jets turn the ball over three times and the Jaguars turn it over once and you're plus two, you have an outstanding chance to go on the road and win this game tonight. I don't know, Hayes, if you're like me. I don't know what the fans uh, believe, but I almost have to be reprogrammed in watching the Jaguars. Mm -hmm. I'm so used to the worst possible scenario happening. You must unlearn what you have learned. Right, exactly. <laughs> I got to be reprogrammed. I got to be rebooted. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here all week thinking, all right, could this be Zach Wilson's coming out party on a national basis on on a big stage, national TV or national streaming, I guess, uh, on Amazon Prime? Uh, is he going to have a breakout career performance and a big victory over the Jaguars? And why do I think that? Because that's what has happened here for basically the last 15 years. The worst possible scenario imaginable is what Jaguar fans, media alike, have had to deal with for 15 years plus. But then you go back to Dallas, like I said last week, coming from behind the first time or the second time they've done that in, in franchise history, at least in the last two decades. So I think you got to look at it from a standpoint of this is no longer the Jaguars that we knew. This is a different era with Doug Peterson, with Trevor Lawrence, with an opportunistic defense. You saw it last week. And there's every reason to believe, like you said, that Zach Wilson might make some good plays this week he made some good plays last week against Detroit, but he's going to give you the one terrible one. And last week he had the one terrible interception that Detroit took advantage of. The Jaguars just need to make sure tonight that when Zach Wilson gives you the terrible play, they take advantage of it. No question. And I think they can get the Jets into bad down and distance situations because as you mentioned, their running game is just dreadful. They had, uh, you know, uh, the rookie, Brees Hall, was outstanding early on, had 463 yards on the ground. He's been on IR now for about a month. They just haven't recovered. I mean, Hall was the reason. Hall in, in a great defense is why the Jets were one of the bigger surprise stories in the first half of the season. But he gets hurt, and they just have not responded at all uh, offensively. Well, that's why they traded for James Robinson. Right. He comes in and has done nothing. He's been a healthy scratch the last three games. Yeah, and, and I am surprised by that, that, that he hasn't been more of a factor uh, because they are in such need of that. But he's averaging like 2.9 yards a carry as a Jet. I mean, that's not the kind of player that he was here. He was a 4.5 yards a carry. Maybe wouldn't give you the big home run play, but consistently got good – uh, yardage for you to keep you in enviable situations. That's what I, I – I don't have a ton of confidence in the Jaguar defense on the whole, um, but I do think in this matchup you should be able to slow down the Jets' ground game, and if you do that and Zach Wilson is in a bunch of third and seven and longs tonight, it could be a, a real ugly night for the Jets on offense because I think Tyson Campbell basically – I would put him on Garrett Wilson the whole night and make – some other jet receiver beat me, and uh, and I, I think that's a good recipe. So I I, I think the, the Jaguar defense will play well tonight, not so much because I think that they found anything. I, I still think they're a you know a below average unit, but um but I think this matchup really plays to the strengths they do have, even not having Trayvon Walker and Foley Fadakasi. Last week you had to outscore the Dallas Cowboys because you knew Dallas was going to score. I don't think the Jets are going to put up a whole lot of points. They, they only put 17 up last week against a Detroit defense that hasn't been great. 
But having said that, I'm not sure how many of the Jaguars are going to score. I like the Jaguar offense. I love Trevor Lawrence, but that Jets defense is nasty. And they're getting Quinn and Williams back. It appears he's a game-time decision, but it seems to be trending that Quinn and Williams will at least suit up tonight and give it a go. We know about Sauce Gardner, the rookie, that Detroit did not throw the ball over his way one time last week. Smart. Not once. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and, and talking to folks in New York, Sauce Gardner had visible frustration about that. He said, I mean, he was bored. He's like, what am I doing? They're not throwing the ball over to me. And he was angry about it. That's obviously a sign of respect. But if Sauce Gardner takes away one side of the field, obviously the Jaguars field is going to be more condensed. But that Jets defense is no joke. The Jaguar offense is going to have their work cut out for them tonight. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to get into that and everything in regards to Jaguars Jets with voice of the Jaguars, Frank Frangie. He's kind enough to join us in our next segment. You are listening to the Wingstop Kickoff Show here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. The Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. The Riddler. What's he got for us this week? So Casey Dobson does uh, a riddle hacker every uh, every kickoff show for us. So this is part of the riddle. Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Okay. All right. So that's our first clue. Well, it, the good thing is you have a music encyclopedia such as myself I, that's here right. to help you out. Yeah, hopefully endeavor. Sister Christian will be part of the uh, <laughs> the riddle here. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, welcome back to the Wingstop Kickoff Show. And we are pleased to be joined with the voice of the Jaguars, our good buddy Frank Frangie up in New York. Frank, how you doing? No. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Frank, give us the scoop. What's uh, what's been going on? You having fun up there? What's the weather like? The whole thing. We are, Hayes. It's good to be on with you and Hacker. And uh, the Sister Christian moment pretty much made my afternoon. (laughs) Nothing can go wrong from here. And um, here's the riddle. Yes, we can win tonight. That's what Casey's saying. Yes. Uh, Good to be with you guys. Thank you for having me on. We've had a wonderful time up here. I came up with my wife, Suzanne, and, and, and other, some other friends. And uh, we had a great time up here, Hayes. We got up here to uh, – we saw a play last night. Funny Girl was fantastic. We spent the day in Manhattan and Rock Center and Times Square and all this stuff you're supposed to do. Grabbed a, into a little pub as well. So we had a wonderful time up here. As for the football game, it's cold and dreary. Now, it's warmer now than it's been. It's been in the 30s, even the high 20s since we've been up here. The weather warmed up just a bit, but it's going to be rainy and windy and all the stuff you don't want. It's going to be happening tonight. Right now, the real feel is about the mid-30s, low 30s, so it's going to be cold. But more than that, it's going to rain. Uh, rain. It's, if the projections are right, it's going to rain all night long. It's supposed to start raining around 6 o'clock and rain and wind, and it's one of those games. So just hold on to your hat if you're here. I can tell you that that's the kind of game we're looking for tonight. Frank, you were in Philadelphia, obviously, with that monsoon earlier in the year. Now, we don't know exactly what the weather is going to be like tonight, but I can't imagine it's going to be any worse than Philadelphia, and you just have to hope that Trevor and the offense in particular learned a valuable lesson up there in Philly that they can use tonight. Yeah, you know what, Hack, you're right. Two thoughts. Hacker, I think it's going to be just like that, only cold. It, was, it wasn't cold in Philly. It was just it was cool, but it was rainy and windy. I think if everything were – because everyone's been talking about that since we got to the hotel a, couple, a day ago. It's going to be like that. It's going to be rainy and windy the same way it was in Philadelphia. That's, at least that's what everybody expects, right? Except cold, except it's going to feel like it's 28 degrees while it's raining and cold and windy and all that. So, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be a tough day. But I think your point's a good one. They've beat themselves up a lot, and others have too, 
about the way they didn't handle the weather very well. Trust me, if you've talked about it on your show, we've talked about it on our show, they've talked about it in that locker room a thousand times. And they've talked about the fact that the word's out there that we can't handle the bad weather, so we've got to prove that wrong. But yeah, you're right. Now, I don't know what drills you do. I'm sure, you're, I'm sure they, they practice with a wet ball all week because they know they're getting that. I don't know how you replicate or simulate wind in practice, but it's all coming. You're going to have all of that. And I would think both teams, by the way, Zach Wilson has really struggled. He has played very poorly in, in bad weather. And you would think playing at Brigham Young, he had his share, but he hasn't played well. And that's sort of the narrative up here, Hack, that he hasn't played very well in wet weather either. You can make the point he hasn't played well in dry weather, but he really has struggled in wet weather. So, you know what, if you're, I'd take the under, I'll tell you that, whatever the number is, it feels like that kind of game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Frank, I think a big contrast in this matchup is confidence, as you sort of alluded to with Zach Wilson. The Jaguars have all the confidence in the world. They have complete belief in each other, certainly a huge belief in Trevor Lawrence, in Doug Peterson. There probably isn't anything in that locker room that they're questioning at this point. You know, they feel like everything is breaking their way. On the Jets' side, they've got no confidence in Zach Wilson. I think no confidence in their running game. Certainly, I think they have confidence in their coach and Robert Sala and their defense. But from that standpoint, it, it seems like that could be a massive factor if the Jaguars are able to get Zach Wilson off his game early. Yeah, it's certainly a factor how the game starts, Hayes. I think you're exactly right. The Jets have lost three games in a row. They've lost four or five and they're playing a quarterback they wish they weren't playing. Now, if you add all that up, that's a struggle. They have not been very good in the last month of the season. You've lost four out of five. You're a struggling football team. And it's not like they've gone down to the wire in a lot of these games. They just haven't played very well. They've lost some close ones, but some weren't. They haven't played very well. They've lost some confidence. And whether they admit it or not, the Jets Nation, that means the teammates, the locker room, the fans, the media, probably have lost some confidence in Zach Wilson. That doesn't mean he can't bounce back. But, yeah, so all of that's gone. But where that can change is the first part of the game. The Jaguars are confident, Hayes, but it's a young, new confidence, right? I mean, they did lose five games in a row early in the season. They're still a 6-8 and eight football team. So it's a new confidence, but it's a little tepid. And, and a bad start to the game can affect a young team, whichever team it is. Man, I'm telling you, man, the first half quarter, the first quarter, first quarter and a half is critical in this game, particularly if it's raining before the game starts, which is what everybody expects. Who manages that the best? These are two young teams. Their records are about the same. They both are trying to get to one of those last playoff spots at the AFC. So it's an important game, a nerve-wracking game for two young teams. No question about that. The voice of the Jaguars, Frank Frangie, here with us on the Wingstop Kickoff Show on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Frank, injuries have not been a big problem for the Jaguars a majority of the year. That is no longer the case. We know about Cam Robinson. Walker Little's in for him. Defensively, both Trayvon Walker and Foley Fadakasi are out. So the problems for the Jags along the lines of scrimmage, how will that affect tonight's ballgame? The Jets are 24th in the league in running the ball, Hack, so they're not a good rushing team. That, that, it's a good time to play a team that's not great at running the football because you got to believe the ball's on the ground. for both. The ball's going to be run by both teams. It's going to be wet. Uh, not having either Trayvon or Fadakasi worries me. It worries me. and Neither one of those guys have proven to be good pass rushers. But they're both physical, stout guys, man. They're, that's, they're tough. It's a tough team, and they're part of the toughness of this team. Look, the Jaguars have struggled defensively. We all know that. There's, there's, no, there's no doubting that. They're 27th in the league in total defense, which we all know. But they've been pretty good against the run. They're 10th in the league in, in run defense, or 16th in run defense, 10th in yards per carry defense hack. Where they've really struggled is in pass defense. Well, two of the reasons they've been pretty good in run defense is Trayvon Walker and Foley Fadakasi. They're tough, physical, really physical, two really physical players. 
So that concerns me. If it's going to turn into a running game tonight because of the weather, yeah, I'm concerned about the injuries. First time all year I've had legitimate injury concerns because the Jags, as you said, have been a really healthy team. But, yeah, this is the first time I've been concerned about their health a little bit. I think it's naive not to. Frank, would you test Sauce Gardner at all if you're Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, or would you just avoid him like Detroit did last week at all costs? You know what? They've done a really good job. What they've really done a good job of, Hayes, and I've talked to Doug about this, and Trevor even kind of spoke to it at the press conference. There's not a game plan for one guy. I always kind of thought there was because Christian Kirk has the big week. Then Zay Jones has the big week. Then Evan Ingram has the big week. Then a Christian again. Then Zay again. I always thought, okay, this week's game plan is player X. I asked Doug that specifically. He said, no, that's not how we do it. There's a, there's plans, there's plays in there for everybody. Maybe a few more for one than the other. And it's Trevor's job to figure out what where, where's the weak matchup. Where, where, where can you take advantage? So I don't know that they're going to that they're gonna target Sauce Gardner, but I'd be surprised, hey, that they run away from him. I, I think they're going to try and see where the matchups are the best. Here's what's interesting. The Jags are a pass-first team. We all know that. The, the running game will get better, but right now they're a pass-first team. They're built around the pass pass first and run second and set up the run with the pass. By now, if you haven't figured out that's who the Jags are, you're not watching very closely. Well, how do you play that in? How do you go about that in a wet game? The other thing is, I just saw Travis Etienne a minute ago. We were talking for a few minutes. He looks healthy. He's he's real excited about playing. But boy, he's got to put that ball away, Hayes. I mean, tonight more than ever. And again, the thing with Travis is he hits that freaking hole so hard. He hits it so hard that, that he gets hit hard, and that's caused some fumbles. And so, I really think number one, taking care of that football is so critical tonight because I think you're going to see the ball on the ground a lot or see, see them run the ball a lot more than passing. So I don't think they're picking on Sauce Gardner or staying away from him. I think it's going to come down to the flow of the game. Frank, you alluded to this earlier. The Jaguars have gone from the team that has no chance to the team that's clearly the underdog to all of a sudden the team that is going to win out and win the AFC South in the court of public opinion, not only locally, but almost nationally. There are a ton of people that love Jacksonville over the next three weeks. Will that have any effect on this football team? The, you know, the sudden, you know, relevance, I guess, that they've discovered. I think to Hayes' question a minute ago, Hack, it'll help more than hurt. This is a confident team, but they're not, they're not cocky. They're, that's not how they're built. That's not their culture. They're not going to be asleep at the wheel. They're not going to be complacent or, count or, or reading their own headlines. I'm around them a lot, Hacker, and it's a good question. But that's not who they are. I've been around Jaguar teams, but that's kind of who they were, and you, and you probably have too. But that's not who these guys are. So complacent, reading your own headlines or believing your own headlines, I don't think that's going to affect the team. So to your specific question, I think it helps more than hurts. It's the same thing Hayes asked earlier, one confident team versus a team that's not confident. But make no mistake about this, and, and, and I know you guys will talk about this. I know the show just began. Uh, and you guys do a great job of talking about this. This is the hard game left. Make no mistake about this. This is the hard one. The whole nation's watching. The New York Jets, for every for everything the Jets aren't, they're, they're really good defensively. They're fourth in the league in scoring defense. They're third in the league in total defense. Now think about that, Hack. You're going against the third best defense in the entire NFL tonight on a wet field where what you do best, throw the football, is going to be harder to do. So this is a really hard game. I'm not saying the other games aren't hard, but the Texans have won one game. That's reality. The Titans might have lost Tannehill for the season, and you just beat them with him. That's reality. And, and, and so, so the games remaining aren't, as, in my opinion anyway, aren't as daunting as this one. This is the hard game for me as I see, as I see the end of this season uh, or the season end. So you've got to play well tonight. Absolutely have to have confidence to play well tonight. 
Yeah, absolutely. Frank, another matchup that I'm intrigued by is Tyson Campbell versus Garrett Wilson. How do you think that one will go? I think Tyson Campbell will get the best of that because I think it's going to be hard to throw the football tonight. And Zach Wilson's really struggled. Garrett Wilson's been a wonderful rookie, man. He is a good player. But I don't know that he's a better player than Tyson Campbell. Uh, finding the ball has been Tyson's thing. We all know that. He covers everybody. When he's gotten beat or when he's committed a penalty, it's when he's had trouble finding the ball. Again, I don't see a game like that tonight, Hayes. If they were playing on a beautiful sunny afternoon and Zach Wilson had been lighting people up, then Garrett Wilson's a real concern for me. I'd be surprised if he greatly affects the game. I, Hayes, I think this game comes down to who puts it on the ground, who turns it over, who takes advantage of those turnovers, who the weather affects the most. I think that's the game we're watching tonight. I, we've seen that game before. And I think, I think somebody's beating somebody tonight 24-17, uh, 21-16. I think that's the game we see tonight. And whoever manages the elements in a game like that the best is going to win the game. Hey, Frank, as we begin to wrap up, Trevor Lawrence only his second time in prime time as an NFL player. Of course, Cincinnati last year, and then Urban Meyer decided not to get back on the plane. So this is the right. next game <laughs> for Trevor in the prime time uh, slot. Boy, a lot of people are talking him up this week as well. And I, I, Trevor obviously is used to that from high school to college, but obviously you magnify it and multiply it in the NFL. What are your expectations for Trevor tonight? Well, I've got some good news. I've got good sources, Hack, as you know. And I have been told now that Doug Peterson is getting back on the plane tonight. So I think we've, <laughs> so, so we've shown some growth there. I don't think there's any question. Uh, Trevor's not positive for that stuff. I, I can tell you that he, that's, if he makes a mistake, it's because he's learning and growing or he just made a mistake. The moment's never too big for him. Hacker, the moment's been big for that kid since he was in the ninth grade. People have been talking about Trevor his whole life. He was the first pick. People talked about him before he got to Clemson. People talked about how how important, how, how great he would be the whole time he was at Clemson. If there's one thing about him, the moment doesn't bother him. I can tell you when he plays badly or has played badly, it's not because the moment was too big. It really isn't. It's because he played badly. So if he plays badly tonight, if he had a bad game or the ball was wet or whatever, but I don't think the enormity of the game is going to affect him. It never has. Now, for us, it'll be fun for the whole nation to see him. I'm thinking as he emerges, this is the first time everybody watches him at the same time. His first national televised game they had, although a lot of eyes were on that Dallas game. That was the number one Fox school and it was their number one game. I sure wish it was a beautiful night that everybody could really watch Trevor at his best rather than trying to manage the elements, which is what you're going to have tonight. But I don't think any of that's going to bother Trevor at all, Hacker. I just don't think that bothers, that stuff bothers him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Frank, thanks so much for joining us. We will certainly hope that we are just uh, several hours away from maybe another video of you and the boys uh, <laughs> celebrating and calling uh, the final moments of a big Jaguars victory. So, uh, Frank, thanks so much for joining us. Have a great call tonight. All right, fellas. Thank you. Take care. All right. Take care. Frank. I need at least two. Yeah. How good is that tonight? <laughs> if we get two, right. how good is that? That'd be a good the Jaguars night. Jaguars are going to be in the win column. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a great night. All right. We appreciate Frank Frangi joining us. Uh, when we come back on the Wingstop kickoff show, we're going to go through the Farrah and Farrah injury report. A lot of uh, guys here for Hacker and I to break down in terms of their avail availability tonight. So we will do that on the Wingstop kickoff show Brought to you by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors. That is coming up on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Getting game day underway. The Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors. On 1010XL. All right, here we go. Another little another clue. This is what. 
this one. Is there any chance you do? <laughs> uh, no. I, I don't think this made the iPod shuffle okay. back in the day. All right. Well, maybe we'll pick up something. Casey, will we pick up something lyrically here in a second? or No, so this is, uh, first I want to give a shout out. This okay. comes from a dear friend of mine, Dr. Jacob Hodges. He introduced this band to me, so here's a big clue. Okay. Their name is called Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Right. That is a big clue. That is yeah. a big clue. Alright. Very, very good. Alright. All right. We're off and running. We will continue to work on this riddle as we get closer to kickoff for Jaguars and Jets and uh, Casey, why don't we do this? Why don't we fire up the Farah and Farah injury injury report, please? The personal injury attorneys of Farah and Farah present this injury update. Farah and Farah, Jacksonville, protecting you and your family since 1979. All right, Hacker, we've got a loaded injury report. Lot to get into here for the Jaguars. Uh, Cam Robinson, uh, as we know, is out with the knee injury. It's going to be out for the rest of the year. Trayvon Walker out. Uh, Foley Fadakasi out. Uh, which of those three, let's just start there, uh, concern you the most tonight and moving forward? I think Cam Robinson because that's Trevor Lawrence's blind side. And now Cam didn't do himself any favors in the court of public opinion in Detroit when you know he got run over by James Houston. And thankfully, Trevor um, was able to not sustain a big injury with that. But by and large, Cam Robinson, take that play aside, has played pretty well this year and now it's Walker Little time and you know we've heard for the last year and a half how good Walker Little is he competes for all these jobs yet he's never won any of these jobs now he's thrust into a playoff pursuit at the left tackle spot clearly the Jets are going to want to challenge him tonight to see what he's got there so uh Trayvon Walker and Fadakasi Hayes those are big injuries too that we'll get to but to me clearly it's how does Walker Little perform tonight in protecting Trevor Lawrence's blind side. Yeah, it's the offensive line has become a concern because they've they've been fortunate in that the Ben Barch injury hasn't hurt you because Tyler Shatley has been incredible uh and far exceeded expectations. But now you've pretty much spent your mulligans mm-hmm. in terms of injuries along the offensive line. You've lost two starters, you had seven good players. So now you've you you can't afford another injury. And you know, you look at this injury report, uh, in addition to, you know, Cam Robinson being out, you find right guard Brandon Sheriff dealing with an abdomen, right tackle Juwan Taylor dealing with a hamstring. They are questionable. Now, I think they're going to play, uh, but that's a concern as well. So, really, the only guy that you have that is an original week one starter and has no injury designation at all is rookie Luke Fortner. Right. And he's been very good this year, no question about it. Juwan Taylor, uh, look, he got injured last week, came back in, so you'd like his chances to play tonight. Sheriff, same thing. He had the abdomen last week. He was questionable going into the game. He played. He played well, so hopefully he'll be able to go in. Now, you're right. If one of those guys gets hurt during the game, all bets are off. I mean, who's the swing tackle now? If, if I guess Dewan it's Taylor, Hans is what I would think. So, Hans, yeah. So, if yeah. Dewan Taylor were to go down – that's where you're at right now. So you're right. The Mulligans are absolutely gone along the offensive line. Um, but but again, to me, Walker Whittle is the story. I like the fact that he and Shatley have been teammates for a while. You know, you talk about chemistry. They haven't necessarily played on the same line together, but they've been in the same room. They know each other. They've been teammates now for almost two calendar years, so it's maybe not as bad 
as if you were thrusting a brand new guy in his first year into that left tackle spot. Yeah, they're still listing Trevor Lawrence as questionable with the toe, but obviously he's going to play. And boy, he what a remarkable performance he's put together in back-to-back weeks after that scare in Detroit. Uh, he showed a lot of toughness that week as well. It just the game was already such a rout. It was hard to rally back into it. But certainly what we've seen these last two weeks out of Trevor Lawrence, incredible toughness. I, I mean, incredible toughness, incredible accuracy. The guy is... I think number one in the league, quarterback-wise, touchdown-interception ratio, um, passer rating, or since week nine, he's number one in all of these different stats. The guy has been nothing short of phenomenal, and you talk about the supporting cast of Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. I mean, those guys are all having career years because of Trevor Lawrence, so he will obviously play tonight. He'll give it a go, and I expect him to be very, very good again. Yeah, I do too. Uh, it's a tough matchup. It's tough in the weather, but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to rise to the occasion. A couple more guys that are questionable, and these I think are key pieces defensively. Uh, linebacker Chad Muma dealing with the ankle and uh, safety Andrew Wingard dealing with the shoulder. Boy, you'd love to have those two guys active tonight. Yeah, I hope they are. Now, Muma only played like 11 snaps Correct. Last Evan Lloyd week. sort of went the, went the distance. Right. So, I mean – I, I want Muma in there, don't get me wrong, but it is comforting to know that Devin Lloyd, who I believe has played better, I think Devin Lloyd being put on the bench might have sparked something in him because he appears to be playing a little better now than maybe he was at the midpoint of the year. But clearly the defense would be better if both Muma and Lloyd were available. And Wingard's your pre- you're probably your best special teams player. And you know how I feel about Andrew Wingard. That guy's the man. I love yeah. Dewey Wingard. So uh, even though he's not a starter per se – Great special teams player, great depth. So those are guys you definitely want in there. Special teams could be a big factor tonight. If the weather's bad, field position's going to matter, and Muma for that matter too. Um, both guys, key special teams players, you'd love both of them out there in a game that special teams is going to mean an awful lot. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and again, if this season results in an AFC South title, I mean, Andrew Wingard is a big reason why because the forced fumble against the Ravens and the comeback there, and then the interception he had against the Titans, yeah. that's a tough play because I don't think you're expecting the ball. I mean, there, there was a miscommunication between the receiver and Tannehill. It's a fastball. He's able to make the catch, secure it. Huge play in that game to, to kind of keep the momentum really building in the Jaguars' favor. Uh, so hopefully he'll be available tonight, and you're, you're dead on with the special teams. And you know, that's going to be something that, that we get to uh, when we do the keys to the game later on. What concerns you more? Which guy missing concerns you more, Walker or Fadakasi? I think for me it would be Trayvon Walker because I just think he's more dynamic and he he would be on the field more than Fadakasi. The Jets' run game really doesn't scare me. I will be surprised if they got the Jaguars on the ground tonight, even without Fadakasi. I have a lot of confidence in Devon Hamilton I think Gotsis is an underrated player. So I think they're going to be able to do enough to slow down the Jets' ground attack. And I like Smoot and Arden Key, and they'll play more. I'm comfortable with Smoot and Key playing more in, in the absence of Trayvon Walker. Roy Robertson Harris yeah. in there as well. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I'd rather have Trayvon because I, I think he brings a little bit more of a versatile, dynamic package than Fadakasi. But I do have confidence that they can still play well defensively without those two players. So uh, I'm, I'm interested in see. What about you? I mean, no, I, I, I think Trayvon Walker being able to affect the quarterback, I agree. I don't think the Jets running game does a whole lot for me. 
Um, you know, having said that, again, the Jaguars haven't always defended the run particularly well without Fadakasi in the lineup. So that is my one concern there. But if you win this game tonight, the, the absolute perfect scenario, I don't care if you win 50 to 49 or if you win three to two. You win this game, you get a mini bye week. You get 10 days off before you go to Houston. By 10 days from now, Trayvon Walker will probably be ready to go. Fadakasi will probably be ready to go. These guys are day-to-day. They're questionable tonight. You would think in 10 days' time they'll be ready. That's why winning tonight, it's the hardest game left on the schedule on paper. But if you win, you get those 10 days to prepare for Houston, and there'll be a revenge factor there. And then Tennessee with probably Malik Willis at quarterback. It is all right in front of you. That's why tonight's game is probably the biggest game they've had in quite some time, probably bigger than last week and certainly bigger than the next two. Absolutely. All great points. And let's take a a look at the Jets side of things on the injury report. So Mike White is out with the rib injury. He's sort of the quarterback that it seems like the team really believes in, more of the the journeyman, Uh, very efficient player. Uh, He got really, I mean, just one of the – most vicious shots. It was a clean shot, but one of the most vicious shots we've seen a couple weeks ago. He took two of them like to the yeah. same spot. Uh, Milano was... was the second one, and when that one happened, I'm like, he hit him in the same spot, yeah. right there in the rib cage. Yeah, so, I mean, he's dealing with the ribs. He's out tonight. Zach Wilson in. I think that is a just gigantic advantage for the Jaguars. And then uh, two that are questionable that we'll have to monitor, and, and they may even test it to see how they go. Uh, let's start at running back. Zonovan Knight is dealing with an ankle. He is listed as questionable. But, Hacker, the Jets have already lost rookie Brees Hall. He, he's run for 463 yards. Knight has run for 253 yards, 4.3-yard average. So if they don't have Knight tonight, you know they're not going to have Hall. He's on IR. That's over 700 and roughly 715 rushing yards that you don't have now in your lineup leaving you with Carter, who is averaging 3.6 a carry, and James Robinson, who just frankly hasn't been good as a New York Jet at all. Uh, So uh, Knight will be very interesting to see if he is active, and the one that is just monstrous is Quinnen Williams, who already has 11 sacks this year. Questionable with the calf injury. How do you feel? Does the weather make it harder for him to go, in your opinion? Well, I think the running game is going to be more of a factor, so he's going to get a lot more action if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. He's been limited in practice. He's got the calf. He missed last week. Robert Sala, I was watching some of his press conferences. He seemed a lot more fired up about Quinton Williams on Monday this week, saying, yeah, the air is pointing up. Then on Tuesday, he kind of tempered that a little bit. We'll test him in pregame. Look, it's a gigantic game for New York. This is a must-win game for New York. Quinton Williams, if he's 75%, you're going to put him out there because the Jets have to win this to keep their wild card hopes alive. But this is not going to be Levin Sack, Pro Bowl, or Quinnen Williams. He is going to be hampered by that calf. So I almost think I would test that thing in the first quarter. Run it right at him a couple of times. Pound on him a little bit. Let's see how, how he holds up. Great player when he's healthy. But Hayes, I don't think he's fully healthy. I think he's going to go because it's a must win, and he's their best player on defense. But I would if he's out there... I make him prove to me that he can play. No question. And, you know, you bring up a great point about the Jets because they go to – this is their last home game. They finish the season at Seattle, which is a tough place to play, and then you have to go to Miami. Yeah. 
So the league basically is sending them to the two furthest outposts in the NFL that they possibly can uh, in the last two weeks of the year. And, and the Dolphins are obviously a very tough team. So, yeah, if you're the Jets, I, I think if, if I think he's going. I, I can't imagine Quinnen Williams isn't playing tonight unless, again, I don't know about does the weather make it harder because uh, you can't trust your footing as much. You know, that that I don't know. But, you know, but the this, field will be beat up. How's yeah, the footing going to be? But, right. But this is it. I mean, th- this is it for the Jets. It's really hard to see them losing the game tonight and still getting into the to the tournament. So so we'll see. And And, again, this is something that I think bears mentioning. What if, if the Jaguars win tonight and the Titans lose to Houston on Saturday, so they're now tied, there's two games to play, but you've got to beat them in week 18. Right. Because I think they're going to have the tiebreaker regardless, is my understanding of it. It almost makes the Houston game meaningless. And then it becomes interesting when we talk about the injuries. If you're Doug Peterson, if you win tonight, yes, you have the 10-day break, but against Houston, do you maybe rest some guys? Because it might be a game you don't really need. They're either going to be the four seed as the AFC South champion, or they're probably not getting in. They have a path to the wild card, but it seems like they would need an awful lot to happen to get into the wild card at, at nine and eight, because you've already got the Chargers and, and the Dolphins and the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens have nine wins already. They only need one more to, you know, have have the advantage over the Jags, even though the Jags beat them. The Jags can't get to 10 wins. The Chargers and Dolphins only need one to get to nine. Uh, you brought up a good point. The Jaguars have the tiebreaker over the Chargers as well, but that doesn't feel like that's going to be the path to this thing. No, the Jaguars aren't going to be a wild card because nine and eight wins the division. I mean, at nine and eight, the Jaguars are the four-seed AFC South champion. At eight and nine doesn't matter at that point because you're not going to be a wild card at eight and nine because – the Chargers, unless the Chargers lose out, lose their last three, which I don't see that happening. So you you make a very interesting point, too. With Malik Willis now the starting quarterback of Tennessee, it's official, at least for Saturday, he is starting against the Texans as Tannehill has been ruled out. If Jacksonville wins tonight, Tennessee loses on Saturday, that Houston game for the Jaguars doesn't mean much of anything. Uh, so... Would you rest everybody that has a nagging injury knowing that your game on week 18 is for all the marbles for the AFC South Championship? It'll be interesting if it plays out that way, and if I was given the choice, I would sign up for that right now. To have one home game against more than likely Malik Willis in Tennessee to win the South, where do I sign? So that would be a good case scenario for the Jaguars. Yeah, no no doubt about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, we are going to take a break on the Wingstop kickoff show. We are going to be joined by our good buddy Mia O'Brien. She is up at MetLife, ready to give us her report as we do Behind Enemy Lines by Pella Windows and Doors. That is coming up next on the Wingstop kickoff show here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Starting your game day, the Wingstop Kickoff Show, presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. Welcome back to the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Hayes Carline here with Ryan the Hacker Green, producer Casey Dobson, the Riddler. I don't know that I can 
I don't know that I know this one either, Hacker. Any uh, any idea what this one is? Oh, yeah, I listen to this one all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Casey, I think uh, I don't think we're going to get your riddle this week. Uh, who uh, Can you please enlighten us as to who this is? All right, so, uh, I, I mean, I'm given an extra clue. Yeah. I didn't know this band either, uh, but they are called Night, as in N-I-G-H-T. Oh, so we've okay. gone from Thursday. So he's basically giving us the riddle, which I, I do appreciate. <laughs> yes, I'm, exactly. I'm not above just being handed the answer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, well, good job, Casey. You've definitely uh, stumped us with the riddle, and we will look forward to the next clue as we bring in Mia O'Brien. Now let's go behind enemy lines. Behind enemy lines. Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors on 1010XL. All right, our good buddy Mia O'Brien up there at MetLife for tonight's game. Mia, how is it going up there? Oh, just fantastic one, Hayes Carlion, Ryan the Hacker Green. I am sitting in the beautiful media parking lot uh, looking at MetLife Stadium as the rain continues to fall down. Um... But I will tell you this. I was at, of course, my parents' house in central New Jersey earlier, and it was raining a lot worse there. So let's hope that the worst of it stays away from East Rutherford and we'll all move along all right. Mia, to you, what, what's the number one thing to, that has to go well for the Jaguars tonight? The obvious is the ball security. Um, I, I think, though, at this point, Hayes, we've exhausted that talking point. So I feel like that's now going to be a non-issue. And so for me, I think it's, the offensive line of the Jaguars. And I think, you know, obviously six games in which Trevor Lawrence has not been sacked this season that leads the National Football League. But this is a Jets defensive front that not only is a prideful bunch, but they're riding a three-game losing streak. And while, yes, that loss last week to Detroit was without Quentin Williams, he is expected to be back as of this writing as far as I saw. And so it'll be curious to see, you know, what sort of fire that brings to this group especially because, you know, that they believe they're among the best in the National Football League. And knowing this Jags offensive line isn't as strong as, you know, they could be if they were at full strength. Um, it'll be curious to see who steps up. Mia, Jet Beat Riders on Twitter in the last 20 minutes have announced that Quinnen Williams will play tonight. Also, Zonovan Knight will play tonight. And this kind of goes to what Hayes and I have talked about. Interested to get your thoughts on it. The Jets have to win tonight, right? They're putting all their matchsticks in the middle. Anybody that's 75% or better has to play. As much as Jacksonville needs this game, and they certainly do, this is the Jets' season tonight. So that's why they're full. They're going full arsenal. Anybody that can play is going to be out there regardless if they're 100% or not. Everybody but Mike White, That's true. who obviously yeah. has not been cleared by, by doctors as much as he tried going to 10 different specialists to try to be cleared from those broken ribs. And to me, Hacks, like, that's the million-dollar question is beyond this game, beyond the remaining three games on the calendar, like, who is the quarterback of the future for the New York football Jets? I think that that is why tonight is so fascinating because if the Jaguars, which I know everyone in Duval County is hoping and praying for, are able to shut down Zach Wilson and he has another awful game, I mean, they have a real question on their hands because Mike White is not on the payroll for next season at this juncture. And so that's where it's going to be, A, curious in terms of their long-term plans, but also, B, in terms of confidence. I actually was listening to WFAN The Fan as I was driving up here, and in listening, you know, they kept talking about, well, does do the Jaguars, of course, you know, mind you, this is the fill-ins for Boomer and Carton. So, uh, so you know, they're, they're young kids. They don't, you know, they don't follow the Jags per se. But they were like, 
does this Jaguars team have confidence in Trevor Lawrence? Because if you lose the confidence, then it's all over. And all I could think was, that is the pot calling the kettle black, folks, because I don't know if the Jets have confidence in Zach Wilson. They may say they do, but a month ago, no one did here at MetLife Stadium and in Florham Park down the road. And so that's why it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, if things go awry, does this team not quit on Zach Wilson, but do you see some of the, you know, disconnect? between him and the rest of this offense. Uh, him and Elijah Moore were finally able to get it going last week. I think that's going to be a matchup worth watching for, especially knowing the Jaguars don't have a nickel corner, to be quite frank. Um, and so it'll be, it'll be curious to see how that, that storyline plays out here tonight. Mia, what's your concern level with stopping uh, Garrett Wilson? Um, I mean, it's a concern to be certain, Hayes, but I'll say this, and I said this on XL Primetime earlier today, I feel like the same old Jags line is that it's never the number one wide receiver that hurts the Jaguars. It's the number four or the number five. And their number four and number five and Jeff Smith and Denzel Mims are both already out of this game. And so I think that at least that takes away the number of weapons the Jaguars secondary has to cover. Obviously, you still have several guys in, you know, at the tight end position that you have to cover. And you still have Elijah Mitchell in addition, or excuse me, Elijah Moore in addition to Garrett Wilson. But at the same time, I do think that there's something to be said as far as Tyson Campbell locking down on Garrett Wilson and then a combination of other guys stopping some of those others. And so I also think you go back to the one throw, the longest completion that Zach Wilson had last week to Jeff Smith. And I said this on primetime today, too. You look at that play, and of course, all the Twitter analysts were saying how he underthrew the ball. Jets analysts turned around and said, well, there's only four or five quarterbacks in the league that could hit Jeff Smith in stride over a defensive back, and he would go for a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence is one of those four or five quarterbacks. Zach Wilson is not. And so I think that's also something that you're going to have to account for is, you know, just he, he doesn't have the arm strength that Trevor does. Garrett Wilson has the speed, though, and so will that combination actually come to fruition tonight? Mia, it was 96 hours ago that Rayshon Jenkins scored the winning touchdown. I mean, we're talking four days, and now they have an enormous game tonight. Do you feel, and you've been around this team in the locker room and whatnot, do you feel that they've climbed down from Mount Everest, down from that euphoria that they had just four days ago, and, and they're all in tonight knowing how big this game is? I really have, Hack, and um, in hindsight, which of course is 2020, it's funny, we should have felt this way last week because I asked Zay Jones last Thursday, you know, if they had come down from the euphoria of the Tennessee win, if they truly were locked in. And he jokingly, half-jokingly, I should say, said, yeah, you see uh, you see our staffer, uh, shout-out to Devin Caravelle, you see him walking around in the Santa suit? That's the only thing that's not locked in right now. Everyone else in this locker room is focused on the task at hand. Uh, there's no distractions outside of the Santa suit. And so that was last week. I can tell you this week, even on short rest, they are equally as locked in. When we spoke with Rayshon Jenkins after the game Sunday, he said to us, I'm going to go home, I'm going to watch this game once, and then I'm going to watch the Jets game from today. And, and he said, we are, we are turning a page. Big one is Thursday. So it's the most locked in I've seen a team. But then again, we thought after that Ravens win that they were locked in and ready for the Lions. So we'll see which Jaguars outfit we get today. And if we do get the one that we saw last week and the week before that, then I think you can put a rubber stamp on it and say the consistent Jaguars, we've seen it, it exists. Now can they continue to be consistent throughout the rest of the stretch? Mia, how do you think the Jaguars can defend the run without Trayvon Walker and Foley Fadakasi? 
Yeah, big game for Devon Hamilton. Um, you know, he is in his third year of his rookie deal. I think that that's going to be huge. Roy Robertson-Harris was pretty good last week against the Cowboys. I mean, you know, let's be real. Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott last week compared to a Jets running back room that, well, yes, it's by committee, and yes, for whatever the reason, James Robinson has been a healthy scratch the last few weeks, and they don't have Brees Hall, who's done for the year. I mean, Bam Knight had 23 yards to lead the rushing attack last week. So, I mean, yes, that's a decent Lions run defense, but at the same time, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think, if anything, that should be a no-brainer, like, check, check the box. I think that the Jaguars' de- defense, for as much as they've been up and down in run defense, I think this should be an easy one for them here tonight. But I do think you're going to see a lot of Corey Peters as well, the veteran defensive lineman. You'll see him. They brought Jeremiah Ledbetter up from the practice squad. Not sure if he'll play. Um, but it, it's going to have to take everybody. Um, because, listen, Bam Knight still is a, is a good player. Um, you know, they have other running backs as well. And I, I would like to think James Robinson's going to be active for this game. And you know he, if he's playing, he's going to want to score and rack up some yards in this game. So um, I think it's going to take a lot of guys to do it. But I, I do think, if anything, this is a game you can afford to not have those two. Although I will say, working the perimeter and making sure Zach Wilson doesn't get out of the pocket, that is where maybe I do have a little bit of reservation. Mia, as we begin to wrap up, Trevor Lawrence has been the talk nationally. Uh, he's getting all the attention. People are talking about a top 10, maybe even a top five quarterback. Statistically, I'm not sure he hasn't been a top three quarterback since week nine. Uh, national stage for him tonight. I asked Frangie this earlier. I'm asking you the same question. What do you What do you think his expectation, what is your expectation of him for this evening? Yeah, um, at least at least 225, two touchdowns. Uh, I think he, he's got to hit that threshold. Um, he'll tell you he just wants to win the ball game, and whether that's he's got to hand the ball off to Travis Etienne 20 times or not, and another 10 times to Michael Hasty, he'll do it. But I don't think Doug Peterson's going to change his approach regardless of the weather, and so I do think it'll still be a pass-first offense, and so Trevor will have his opportunities so long as they don't turn the ball over. And so keeping the ball secure, that's obviously also equally as important. But otherwise, I just keep think, looking at this as an opportunity for Trevor. And he views every game as an opportunity and talking to him. But this is the one where people have heard the rumblings of what's going down in Duval County. They've heard about the disaster in Nashville that is the Tennessee Titans and how the AFC South race is shaking out. And this is the opportunity to say, yeah, those aren't just rumblings. That's reality. And so here's hoping they seize that opportunity, particularly Trevor on a national stage. Mia, what kind of game do we see tonight and who's going to win? I think it is going to be as low scoring as Vegas thinks, uh, Hayes. I think it's going to be, you know, the 36 total line, the over-under. I tend to agree with that. Uh, The the temperature is dropping a little bit. It was 46 degrees when I left my parents' house. I believe it's still around that right now. Um, So it's going to be cold. It's going to be rainy. We've heard about what that does to this Jaguars team. So that's another thing that they've got to flip the script and prove that they can face the elements and they can weather the metaphorical and literal storm. Uh, I'm going to take a line from MJD. Um, If anyone who's been paying attention to him on Twitter, you know what I mean. I am going to pick the Jets, 1917, sticking with that two-point line. Uh, Shout-out to my guy, Todd Bromelkamp of KGYM, the gym in Cedar Rapids. Apparently, there's a stat floating around the Internet that Trevor has never won a game in which he was a two-point underdog. That's super specific and has nothing to do with my pick. Um, But it is interesting. Um, I'm going to say that the Jets, you know, they do win by two. It's a wacky game where even if Trevor throws those two touchdowns, 
weird things happen, a lot of field goals for the Jets. And, you know, I, I, I don't have a good feeling, but I would love to be proved wrong. Again, wink, wink, MJD, if you know, you know. Gotcha. All right. Well, Mia, we certainly appreciate your time and certainly best of luck staying dry. And we will look forward to all of your coverage from up there at MetLife Stadium. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great night. Thanks, boys. All right. That is Mia O'Brien on the Wingstop Kickoff Show. And Hacker, when we come back, we are going to do our Keys to the Game by Instant Keys. May also have a food drop from Wingstop. So that's going to be very exciting as well. You are listening to the Wingstop Kickoff Show on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. All right, we're back, Hacker. We are back. Hey, it's Carly and Ryan the Hacker Green and the Riddler, Casey Dobson, with I think now the third song that he's playing that I have never heard of before. Um, so... That's the point. Okay, so we'll, we'll we'll sort of go over the riddle so far. It was the first song I knew. It was uh, Owner of a Lonely Heart by Yes. Correct. Okay, then the second song we didn't know, but he told us the clue was Thursday. And then we didn't know the last song, and he told us the clue was Night. I haven't heard so, of these songs nor any of these bands, <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Now, this song uh, came from a movie called Inherent Vice. Okay. Okay. All right, that All doesn't right. help me either. Uh, I, uh, um, I'm sorry. So, so we've band? got one more clue after this? Correct. Okay, one well, more. don't give us any. You've given us plenty of help. All right, give us deal. no help. Like we're we're going to get nothing out of this clue, and then we'll just see what we have in our final segment um, as Casey Dobson continues to baffle us. So, uh, so Hacker, I, I tell you, all, all we can do now is we get a little bit closer. Uh, four hours from now, we'll be playing football. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the essence of the game. Let's do the keys to the game, please. Casey Dobson. Now the keys to the game brought to you by instant keys, fast, professional, honest locksmith service. I'm, I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb for it being the first key, but I think special teams tonight is gigantic. Logan cook has been great. Riley Patterson has been great. That's got to continue. But where I think this game could be one hacker is on punt team. Because when you look at what the Jets do well, one thing that they do really well is return punts. Uh, They're fourth in the league with an 11.9-yard average. That's outstanding. So it's really going to be up to Logan Cook to have that great hang time that we've come to expect and – and the angles to help out the coverage. And you mentioned Wingard and Muma hopefully will play. They're questionable. Hopefully they're active to make their contribution. But this is where I think Jamal Agnew could really become a a little mini Jaguars legend tonight because he's already a very popular player. Uh, Mia O'Brien caught up with him. We're going to have that interview in our next segment. But the Jets, as good as they are returning the punts, they are horrible covering them. They are 31st in the league, giving up 12.1 yards a punt uh, every time their opponent returns one. This could be the game. I mean, you got to think the the Jets are going to be forced to punt several times tonight. I know we've seen some Jaguar games where the opponent hasn't had to do that, but I don't think tonight's going to be one of those games with Zach Wilson, with the weather, suspect ground game for New York. Uh, I think Jamal Agnew breaks a punt tonight. That's my first key to the game. Yeah, look, if it's a defensive slugfest, it's going to be a nasty field, bad weather. 
field position is going to play a huge factor in this game. So you mentioned the return game, you know, the, the coverage teams as well. You got to be on top. I'll give you a key to the game. And, and it's one that, look, we've had so much fun the last three wins, right? Baltimore, Tennessee, and Dallas coming from behind, winning games after you fall behind, 27-10 to Dallas. Tennessee, people forget, was up 14-7 in the second quarter. You fell behind to Baltimore as well. Here, here's a thought. Thursday night primetime, 80,000 people, MetLife Stadium. That place will be going nuts. Go out there in the first quarter and get a lead. Go out there in the first quarter and establish dominance. Go out there in the first quarter and say, this is our time. This is our night. This is what's going to happen. You can only play with fire, Hayes, so many times. And you've fallen behind the last three times that you've won the games against Baltimore, Tennessee, and Dallas. Probably don't call it luck. They, they certainly had skill to come back and win those games. But you can only do that so many times. To me, the first quarter, the first 10 minutes – vital tonight to not fall behind again a great point I think another thing the Jaguars absolutely have to do tonight they you've got to be plus two in turnover margin tonight I there's no reason to think the Jaguars can't do that they've been better this season at the the takeaway aspect than the Jets the Jaguars uh are uh um when you look at it they're plus four on the year that's tied for sixth in the league the Jets are minus three uh, that's tied for uh, 24th. And I think when you look at it, Zach Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence, that's where I think you can be plus two tonight. I, I think the Jaguars are probably going to have a turnover tonight. Playing in this weather with what we saw in Philadelphia, it's hard for me to believe they're going to go from having five turnovers against the Eagles in that weather to having none tonight mm -hmm. against the Jets, the Jets with uh, a very strong defense. So I'll allow – I will grant the, the Jaguars one mistake, whether that's a you know, Trevor fumble, an ETN fumble, a pick, whatever. Okay, you can have your one, but you've got to get three from them. And I think you can do that with as reckless as Zach Wilson can be with the football and the fact that I don't think the Jets are going to be able to run the ball much. I think Zach Wilson is going to have several plays tonight where – Everybody that's watching the game knows he is throwing it here. And does he make a mistake? And can you capitalize on that? So, uh, for me, you've got to be plus two tonight, I think. If, if they're plus two tonight, I'd be shocked if the Jaguars lose the game. I, I almost think if they're plus two, it's, it's a 90% chance of a victory. Uh, but I think it is, it is not an unfair ask because of how sloppy I think Zach Wilson and the Jets can be and how I hope the Jaguars have learned their lesson from Philadelphia and really have been playing pretty well. Trevor's been protecting the ball very well uh, over the last six weeks. No, I agree. Uh, if you're plus two in the turnover game, I think you're going to win the game, no doubt about it. You know, back to Walker Whittle, another key to me is protecting Trevor Lawrence. My question to you, Hayes Carline, is this. Do you give any thought to whether it's Manhurts, Dan Arnold, anybody like that? You give Walker Little a little bit of help in that first quarter just so him to get his feet wet a little bit. I mean, it's a big stage to be thrust into to make a start at left tackle tonight. I think once he gets into the game, second quarter, third quarter, and beyond, he'll be better. My concern is in that first quarter if something catastrophic were to happen. So I wonder if they provide Walker Little a little bit of help over there with an extra tight end, you know, on – however many half the snaps or whatever in the first 15 plays 
just to make sure that Walker Little has confidence getting into the game. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. You know, Manhurst certainly gives you that option. So, uh, and I think operationally, the offensive line, this is a big test for them. It's not just, you know, hey, don't get knocked on your butt and allow Trevor to get annihilated, but, you know, operationally be clean. You know, don't have a couple of holding penalties. This is for the whole unit, not just for Walker Little, but, you know, don't don't come out of this game with two holding penalties and three false starts and things that are just going to make it incredibly difficult to generate any sort of consistency and any sort of rhythm uh, if the offensive line is having those kind of undisciplined plays. So hopefully they can avoid that as well. But yeah, giving Walker Little some help, I think would make a lot of sense. And, and you know, we'll see how Doug Peterson elects to go about it. Um, you know, another thing I think offensively for me, and I get Sauce Gardner is a rookie, but he looks to be incredible. I would not go after him at all. I, I think Detroit was smart to do that last week. And you don't need you don't need to force feed anything in this offense. If there's if there's any silver lining to not having a Devontae Adams or a huge alpha number one receiver, uh, which the Jaguars don't have is that, okay, just take advantage of your best matchups. Well, whoever Sauce Gardner is on tonight is your worst matchup available. So if he's on Christian Kirk, throw it to Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram, uh, check it down to ETN, whatever you have to do. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that the Jets don't have other good players. They obviously do. It's the NFL. But Sauce Gardner looks like he could be a game wrecker if you allow him to be. So why take that chance? You know, you've got – a very diversified array of weapons. None of them are, are superstars, but they're all pretty good players that are all playing pretty well coming into this game. So if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm identifying where Gardner is pre-snap, and I am immediately eliminating that read. That's what's been great about the Jaguars. We've had Zay Jones games. We've had Evan Ingram games. We've had Christian Kirk games. You don't have the same guy every week. It's different guys. We've even had a Marvin Jones game this year. So uh, I agree, you know, avoid Gardner at all costs. Use the other guys on the field. I'll tell you one, too. We mentioned the first quarter getting off to a fast start. You brought this up earlier. If Zach Wilson comes out of the gate struggling tonight, the vibe in that stadium is going to change quickly. The boo birds will come out. The fan base will be unhappy. His teammates may start being unhappy. The defense needs to perform well in quarter number one to not only, you know, help the football team, the Jaguar team moving forward, but to get the vibe in that stadium like, oh, no, here we go again. Zach Wilson sucks. Whatever verbiage you want to use, you need to change the dynamic in that stadium. There's going to be a lot of excitement, Hayes, at kickoff, but if you force a couple of three and outs on Zach Wilson and, and the Jets are struggling, that stadium, the fans, everybody's going to be aggravated, and that's going to be very, very good news for the Jaguars moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, excellent job, Hacker, on those keys to the game. Was that our good buddy Brent Hopkins that just oh, came in here? Did with he bring maybe, in some sustenance? Maybe some uh, – Get in my belly! <laughs> some, maybe some uh, some wing stop drop-off. Love that. Are you excited my for this? Lemon pepper. <laughs> That's right, Casey. We are going to enjoy some lemon pepper wings from Wingstop and all the delicious offerings that our good buddy Justin has brought us. So with that being said, let's take a break. We will be back on the Wingstop kickoff show. You're going to hear from Mia O'Brien, her interview with Jamal Agnew, 
That is coming up. Thank you for listening to 1010XL 92.5 FM. The Wingstop Kickoff Show, presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. We are back on the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Ryan the Hacker Green, producer Casey Dobson. I'm Hayes Carlion, and we are stumped. Unless Hacker, can you give us any help here on this final clue? You know, I've been uh, piecing all the clues together. Yes. We got the band Thursday, mm-hmm. the band Night. Right. Uh, I think it has something to do with Thursday night. I think you're right. That's my thoughts on I, the matter. I, I like where you're going with this. You like that? Uh, so, Casey, the Riddler, Dobson, can you please enlighten us to your riddle? So, a perfect thing to say when you're ready to conquer any challenge in your path is Bring Me the Horizon. So, that last band that we just listened to, that was their name, Bring Me the Horizon. So, when you piece it all together, you have, yes, Thursday night can bring me the horizon. Love it. Well done, Casey. That's really good. That is really good. Thank you. I'll be here all week. I actually know I get off at 7. Yes, nicely done. All right, well, we, uh, uh, Casey, we're not done with the fun here. Wingstop just dropped off some delicious food that we're certainly enjoying but we also have a tailgate giveaway, is that correct? We do, and you can win some of the delicious food that we are eating from Wingstop right now with a gift certificate for a tailgate wing fest from Wingstop to be used at any, and I've been changing this, Duval <laughs> location. Caller number three, and the reason I'm saying caller number three is we are going to win our third game tonight in a row, 641-1010. Caller number three. Exciting stuff. Well, yeah, we're certainly looking forward to it. The chance to win two games in five days, Hacker, tonight after uh, you know what the, the Jaguars were able to do Sunday, rallying back to beat Dallas here. Now you get to go on the road and, and hopefully take down the Jets. Yeah, and I wanted to mention, too, normally the fifth quarter is two hours after the game. And in the previous seven years, here on the flagship home of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, I would do a 1.30 to 3.30 a.m. <laughs> show, which – Hey, so I can't begin to tell you how much I enjoyed doing that. Yeah. But this year is going to be a little different. Uh, tomorrow morning, the drill is uh, off. Hickett and Prosser enjoying a little uh, vacay tomorrow. So, Leon Searcy, the head coach, Dave Campo, and myself, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. tomorrow morning on 1010XL and 92.5 FM, a special edition of the fifth quarter in for the drill. And let's hope, 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 hope we are talking about a victory tomorrow morning. Absolutely. I can't wait to listen to that. You guys do an outstanding job, and I, the phone lines will, I'm sure, be oh. lit up the whole time. And Fifth quarter is one of my favorite things to do on the radio station. I mean, the way I always bring the show back, I got the pro bowler, Leon Searcy. Yeah. I got the head coach, Dave Campo, and the hacker, Ryan Green. So I, I enjoy being there with the guy that played 11 years in the league, with the guy that coached the Dallas Cowboys, the insight they give. It's very, very phenomenal. Yeah, I always enjoy it. So normally when I leave home games uh, and get in my car, you guys are on because mm. uh, it's about it takes me about two hours usually to get done with interviews and writing and things like that. And I always enjoy it. You guys do a great job. So I'm certainly looking forward to to listening tomorrow morning. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be hopefully a three hour victory celebration, a victory Friday. That's the plan. It's either going to be a celebration or it's going to be. Uh... 
a yeah. non-celebration. Yes. Let's hope it's the former and not the latter. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one key player, I think, going into tonight is Jamal Agnew. I think he's got a great chance to make an impact offensively. We saw the big runs he had against Dallas. He had a big catch against Tennessee where Trevor had that brilliant escape, threw to him on third and eight for the conversion on the back shoulder throw. But Jamal Agnew's yet to break a punt, uh, and I think tonight might be the night. The Jets really do not cover punts well. They're 31st in the league. So uh, watch out for Jamal Agnew tonight. I'm glad Mia uh, chose him to catch up with him because I think Jamal Agnew could really be a, a key cog tonight for the Jaguars. Here is Mia O'Brien's interview earlier this week with Jamal Agnew. For you, uh, I think to describe your performance, well, I'll, have you, I'll ask you this first. How would you describe your performance on Sunday against the Cowboys? Um, I mean, I just made the most out of my opportunities, but, I mean, it wasn't me alone. I mean, it, was, it goes down to, you know, the coaches scheming that up. Um, you know, some of the my receiver counterparts uh, putting their bodies on the line. Um, you know, Kirk downfield blocking two people. Zay, you know, springing it at the point of attack. Even Evan. Evan um, on one of those arounds had a really, really great block. And then obviously the offensive line. You know, we got one of the most athletic offensive lines in the league. So, you know, we do a lot of that movement type, you know, run game stuff on the perimeter. So, um, you know, it's just a hats off to everybody that was on the field. Rayshon was asked on Sunday as far as what's different about his play, and he said it was coaching. For you guys, and he said, you know, he feels like he's a smarter player being around this staff. It seemed like on that final drive, whether it was Evan getting out of bounds, Jermichael getting out of bounds, it just felt like you guys, like you're in between the ears stuff, it's, it's at a different level right now. How would you assess the mental side of the game for you guys right now? Uh, that's just one thing we, we pride ourselves on, just being the best situational offense, defense, and team in general in the league. Um, so it's just... <laughs> it's just, you know, guys being smart. You know, we you know, we haven't been in a lot. Actually, we've actually been in a lot of those situations. But um, just through that experience, you know, just knowing what you know, we're supposed to do in those situations, um, you know, there's one thing we could have got better at, you know, was snapping the ball after that review. Um, you know, we talked about that. But, um, you know, we talk about situational football all the time, and that's something you got to – that separates the great teams from the, you know, the good teams. Um, you know, so we pride ourselves on that. I was going to say, yeah, you guys have been in that situation, I feel like, every home game lately. Uh, I mean, we all joke, you know, and I know the fans get a kick out of the heart attacks that they feel like they get from you guys, the cardiac cats. How are you guys feeling on the field in those two-minute drives, the one-minute drives to win ball games? It's, it's really no panic from anybody. Like, you know, we, we tell ourselves, like, we've been, we've been in that situation before, so it's just like, you know, we got to go out there and execute, um, make the plays that come to us. And, you know, that's what we did. We did that on... Defense, you know, defense got the big stop. Went, went out on special team. We had a, you know, a nice little return. And then offense went down, got the ball in position. We tied it up. And then the rest is history, really. Let's talk about Thursday night. Um, short turnaround, first and foremost, for you guys. How do you get your body right? Three, four days rest. Uh, it's, just like you said, it's about getting your body right, trying to get healthy. Um, more of a mental week. Obviously, you know, you want to get moving a little bit. But... I mean, it's more of a mental weakness. Who comes out, you know, with the right mentality on Thursday night? Um, you know, it's a short, really short week, so it's really just comes out with the most energy, and you know, who's ready to play, who prepared the best. Um, you know, the physicality is always going to be there. It's football, so it's just about who comes out, you know, the right mindset, menta uh, mentally wise. Do you like having the Thursday night game later in the year? Does it almost help because it's like you said, at that point, you're not going through the grind of a physical practice every other day? Uh. I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't really like Thursday games in general. I mean, I do, I, I do like it because you know we get a nice little long weekend, and it's prime time. But 
I mean, I don't really like Thursday games in general. I mean, it's kind of tough to get your body right, you know, for you know a short turnaround like that. But I mean, that's how it is. But like I said, it's prime time though, so you know everybody's gonna come out and show out. The weather is questionable for Thursday. Uh, obviously, the Eagles game probably the biggest comparison you guys can probably draw upon. Um, do you draw upon that Eagles game and maybe things that worked, things that didn't work? Um, you know, we haven't been harping on it too much. Obviously, you know, we think about the weather, but I mean, it's not going to affect how we play. Um, we just got to go out and play. You know, they're they're playing in the same conditions, so. Um, can't, I can't go out there and blame it on the weather. So, you know, we're just preparing how we always do. Defensively, what do they do well? Uh, they're really physical. Um, you know, high effort guys who, you know, all 11 of them are going to run to the ball. Um, you know, obviously they got two really good corners. And, you know, they got really fast linebackers, athletic linebackers. Um, you know, in that front seven, you know, I got some guys on that front seven who, you know, can make plays, can, you know, wreck, wreck a game plan. So, um, you know they're good on all three levels, and we, you know, we got our we got our work cut out for us. But um, you know, we prepare like we always do. Um, you know, coaches are going to put us in good positions to make plays, and you know, we just got to make those plays when our numbers call. All right, we really appreciate. Uh, I think to describe your performance, well, all of we wanted to hear it twice, right? That's right. That's right. Really appreciate me uh, catching up with Jamal Agnew. Uh, great interview, and and we now, you know. Or getting really close now to kickoff. Uh, so let's let's just go through some final thoughts here, Hacker. Let's start with Jamal Agnew. Let's start with the Jaguar offense. What do you expect to see? What kind of night does Trevor have? Who are the the primary targets tonight? And what kind of a game do we see out of uh, Travis Etienne? Yeah, that's the one guy we really haven't talked about except for the fumbling aspect. I mean, if Etienne can hold on to the ball, you would expect they're going to run the ball a lot in a game that's going to have weather. The field's going to probably be beat up you know, a quarter, quarter and a half in, this is going to be a game where Travis Etienne needs to have a big impact. Look, you will, you want to get the ball to Kirk. You want to get the ball to Zay Jones. You want to get the ball to Evan Ingram if the elements allow it. But clearly, Hayes, the guy we haven't talked about from a good standpoint is Etienne. If Etienne gets 100 yards tonight, they win the game. I think it's as simple as that. If he's 100 yards tonight, like he did last week, and the Jaguars are able to run the football, and that opens up the passing game, the Jaguars will win the game tonight. Yeah, I, I agree. Who do you think will have the best night in terms of receiving? Uh, well, you know, the Sauce Gardner factor is interesting. Will Sauce Gardner follow Zay Jones around? Will he follow Christian Kirk around? So with that, I think Evan Ingram might have the best game of the three. Evan Ingram's been uh, nothing short of spectacular the last couple of weeks with 17 catches between the win over Dallas and the win over Tennessee. I expect more of the same tonight. I think Ingram's going to have a very big game. Yeah, I, I think uh, I agree with all that. I think defensively for the Jaguars, I, I don't even really need to see pressure on Zach Wilson. Just don't allow him to escape like he did last season. He broke the 50-yard touchdown run against the Jaguars because Caleb on Chason quit on the play. Yeah. Thought Wilson was getting ready to run out of bounds. He wasn't. He turned it upfield, and Chason had basically stopped running. By the time he got going again, it was too late. Zach Wilson scores. Um Zach Wilson delivering from the pocket does not scare me in the least. I get it. He has elite arm talent. I get all that. Uh, but I think he makes horrific decisions. And if you force the Jets to go down the field, if you make Zach Wilson have to dink and dunk his way down the field, he will ultimately make a mistake that will burn his team. I, I, would, I would give up nothing deep. I'd keep everything in front of me. 
And I, I almost would do a control, and I, I usually hate this, but I would, in this instance, almost do the controlled rush just to kind of keep him in the pocket because I don't need Zach Wilson sacked four times tonight. I, I, I want Zach Wilson to deliver the ball 40 times. I want to see what that looks like. So for me, you know, defensively, you got to stop the run, which I think the Jaguars can do even without Trayvon Walker and Foley Fadakasi. But you cannot let Zach Wilson get out of the pocket, extend plays, buy time. He wants to play a playground game. You cannot allow him to do that. If you make him play a mental game from the pocket, I think he collapses. It's a great point. And, and he's, he's look, for what he lacks throwing the ball, he is that very athletic. He can, on third and ten, he can tuck it, get you 15 and a first down very quickly. So you got to keep in mind of that. You said something perfect. He will make a mistake, and he will. It's a, it's a foregone conclusion. There will be a play or two tonight that he will make an awful throw. Here's the thing. The Jaguars have to take advantage of that. Don't get your hands on a ball and drop it. Don't get your hands on a ball and not come down with the interception. All right? When Zach Wilson gives you something, you say thank you. You make the interception and you move on. My biggest fear is that Zach Wilson makes an awful throw. Whatever defensive player knocks it down but doesn't come up with the interception, three plays later the Jets are in the end zone. When they make a mistake – take advantage of said mistake. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, we we don't often talk about the third phase of the game in special teams, but when you have a, a bad weather game, it becomes critical. Riley Patterson should have a lot of confidence. Uh, he just made a huge kick last week. Uh, we know Logan Cook is somebody that we can count on to play at a high level. Uh, you you got you to gotta cover tonight. The Jets, you know, to your point, not giving up easy points. The Jets do a great job on punt return. They're they're averaging 11.9 yards on punt return. That's fourth best in the league. Got to cover tonight. You do not want to give Zach Wilson the ball at your 20 because you allowed a, a punt return to break, or even worse, allow a, a touchdown off of your special teams and, and, and to take that pressure off of Zach Wilson. I think the the crowd is going to turn on Zach Wilson early in this game. That's my hope. I hope I mean, you rattle him in the first quarter and that dynamic in that stadium changes. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Would not be surprised if we see Joe Flacco tonight. Then it becomes a totally different game. Then then your pass rush is pin your ears back because Flacco's not moving. So, you know, then you don't have to worry a lot about that. It becomes much more of a he's going to deliver it on time kind of game. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see Joe Flacco, if the Jaguars can get off to a good start. One thing to keep in mind, all right, and I'm not trying to be glass-half-empty guy. I'm just stating facts. The Jaguars have won two true road games since December of 2019. All right? They did beat L.A. this year. They did beat Tennessee a couple weeks ago. They had not won a road game in three years prior to that. They just won a huge game against Dallas. Now it's like a foregone conclusion talking to Jaguar fans that they're going to go on the road on a Thursday night into a cold and wet East Rutherford, New Jersey, MetLife Stadium and knock off a Jets team in their house that has a better record than you. I hope Jaguar fans realize, and I, I'm picking the Jaguars to win, but I just want to throw it out there. This is not an easy game. This is going to show how much the Jaguars have grown this year. A lot of teams would not win tonight. I believe the Jaguars will, but make no bones about it. This is not going to be easy. What's your score? I think it's low scoring. I agree with everything that's been said. I like Jacksonville 
I'll say tw- 20 to 16. 20 to 16. Casey, your prediction, please. 17's been the number thrown around a lot. 17 catches from Evan Ingram. 17-6. Go Jags. Nice. I like it. I, I actually like the Jags big in tonight's game. I, I think they're they're going to take care of business, and they're going to do it with uh, with some style. I've got Jaguars 27, Jets 9 tonight. I think they. Uh, I think it's Trevor Lawrence, big night. I think Zach Wilson is miserable, and I think the Jaguars take full advantage of that. That so, would be luscious if it's 27-9. Yeah. I'm giving you what you wanted. Oh, man. Yeah. That, you I, said 27-10. I'm giving you one better. I'll tell you this. If it's 27-9, I'm not going to bed. The game will be <laughs> over around midnight. I'll just come right in yeah. and get ready for the fifth quarter because I'll be so amped. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to the fifth quarter uh, tomorrow morning, Hacker. And uh, and stay tuned, everybody. This has been the Wingstop Kickoff Show, but we're just getting started the Publix kickoff show uh, is coming your way next at the top of the hour. That is going to do it uh, for Hayes Carlion, Ryan the Hacker Green, Casey Dobson, for Mia O'Brien, for Frank Frangie. Thank you so much for listening. Go Jaguars.